Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of May 3rd, 2022, and this is officially episode 513, and this is your host as always, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com. And if you've spent any time at all on social media today, you'll probably know that May 3rd today is... National Paranormal Day. So happy National Paranormal Day to everybody listening to the show. And uh, I, I know uh, uh, Zach Bagans was uh, using the hashtag National Paranormal Day and uh, quite a few other people uh, that uh, I follow or maybe follow me on social media. Uh, we're using that hashtag National Paranormal Day today. Uh, it's just basically a, a time to share experiences with each other. I don't know who came up with it. Today's like National Everything Day. There's like National Teacher Day and um, Special Needs Dogs or Pets Day or something like that. There's just there's always like 20 different things that uh, that all tie into every day. There's a National Everything Day. Uh, every day is something. It's do like National Chocolate Donut Day one day, and then it's uh, Vanilla. Donut day the next, I, I don't know, it's, there's just too many things on the calendar at all times. But yes, National Paranormal Day, uh, May 3rd. And then tomorrow, in case I forget, one of my favorite days, May the 4th. And yes, May the 4th be with you. Yes, the uh, kind of the National Star Wars Day, essentially, and kind of toned down all of my memes that i used to put i used to put out like 10 a day of uh may the fourth be with you but uh yeah only a handful lately so uh probably i gotta work all day tomorrow so probably tone it down a lot more tonight we've got some uh, controversies cover-ups monster sightings we've got uh ufos big groundbreaking news coming up in a couple of weeks uh, in the uh, science world, in the astronomy world. We've got some uh, crop circles. we got end of days. We've got it all tonight. So uh, it's a good day for National Paranormal Day here on the Paranormal News Insider. And uh, why not? Let's kick it off. Let's go. Uh, we'll jump into cryptid news, as we do always. And, uh, you know, I mentioned monster sightings. And, of course, you know the uh, the monster that we seems like we talk about all the time here on the show, the Loch Ness Monster. A lot of controversy this year. Uh, speaking of controversy and cover-ups, I know uh, Ian O'Fadigan, we talked about him uh, a couple of weeks ago. He had the first official sighting uh, via the webcam. And then that got overturned, and uh, it was a uh, couple of, uh, what do you call those, stand-up paddleboard guys were in the area. And they were filming and everything. They were taking pictures. So there is documentation that they were in that area at that time. Uh, but Ian O'Fadigan says, no, no, that's a lie. It's a cover-up. They just don't want me on that list anymore because I'm on there too much. And he's all upset, saying it's a cover-up, and it's being blacklisted, and he's, he's, he's mad. He is upset. Got to say a quick greetings to Jim Mallard of the Mallard Report. Just jumped into chat with both wings. Uh, so, yeah, cover-ups. Never thought I would say cover-up and conspiracies in the realm of the Loch Ness Monster, but we're there. And, uh, you know, we've had a few sightings, a couple of weird ones. So uh, one was uh, two filmmakers who just happened to have a carload of equipment who took a, a, a picture of uh, like a, a, an aftermath of a splash. 
You got to be kidding me. You're there shooting a documentary. And you see what you what you say is the Loch Ness Monster. And all you get is the aftermath of a splash. Nothing else. Uh, but this week, um, we got the fourth sighting of the year. It's, it's going to be a big year for the Loch Ness Monster, if you believe in such a creature. So last week, we did talk about that third sighting, 2022. And... Uh, Things had cooled off as far as people purportedly seeing this creature for months. And we talked about it. You know, sometimes they'll run a story saying that the monster swam away or it died or it retired. I don't know. Does the Loch Ness Monster retire? I'm sure it's got a plan. Um, I don't know. It should have – should do more commercials. I mean, Sasquatch and Bigfoot, you know, they got all kinds of commercials, endorsements. What's the Loch Ness Monster get? He's got a couple t-shirts and maybe golf balls. It's a couple toys I've seen, stuffed animals. That's it. Man, he's getting ripped off. Uh, on Monday, April 25th, a woman had woken up at a cottage overlooking Urquhart Castle along Loch Ness. That's the big place where everybody goes, and that's the place where everybody sees the Loch Ness Monster. That's kind of right near where the camera is set up as well. So surprised uh, Ian O'Fadigan didn't uh, chime in on this or, or get a screen cap of, of this or run a video of this exact sighting. But I think there's a reason why. I don't think he could see it from his vantage point. Uh, so at this cottage, at just after 6 a.m., she began taking pictures of the lock. I got to get your money's worth. I'm sure they spent a lot of money. I I looked up the the uh, place, but I didn't see how much the uh, cottage cost. Uh, so she was taking pictures, and she, mind you, she's taking them through a glass window. So probably multiple panes. Someone's brought that up, by the way, but I'm bringing it up. Keep that under your your cap. Your golf cap, whatever they, the newspaper hats. Is that what they wear in Scotland with the uh, plaid on it? The little ball on the top. I don't know what that's called. So, yeah, after 6 a.m., she uh, was taking pictures. Then all of a sudden, she saw something large moving in the water. And at 6.21 a.m., that is way too early. I'm sorry. I, I don't care where you're at. That's just too early. But anyway, I guess you got to get your snaps in. Uh, she began taking video with her iPhone from inside the cottage, again, behind the window. Uh, the woman then filmed for two minutes and 37 seconds of what seems to be something moving on the surface of the water, leaving behind a wake in its, uh, in its wake, I guess. Uh, the couple, uh, she woke her husband up, by the way. She's like, hey, hey, hey. Get up, wake up. You got to see it. The Loch Ness Monster is what we paid for. Uh, they estimate the object in the water was between 20 and 30 feet in length. If I did the math correctly from yards. Uh, they also described it as having at least one fin or limb, which they said paddled under the water, uh, quote, like an oar. Unquote. She said it. I didn't say it. Uh, the woman added, quote, I really don't know what it was in the water. It was something large. I don't think it really equates on the video quite how large it was. We don't know what the creature was. It was propelling itself with something. It wasn't how a fish would do it. Uh, you could see it much clearer. Then it's come out in the photos. The lumps or humps or whatever they are kept disappearing under the water, but it was still pushing forward under the water. You could see something under the water. Then it rushed forward and turned around. Uh, from what we could gauge, it was between 20 and 30 feet long. There was nothing else on the lock. No boats, nothing. Unquote. Uh, yeah, in the video, it 
it looks very calm. Usually, uh, even a breeze makes the the lock a very choppy uh, because it has high hillsides. Uh, it's a pretty narrow stretch of water, uh, but it's very long. So it's a long, thin lake, pretty straight, and that causes a lot of issues with wind, especially with the high hillsides and the wind. Uh, will kind of uh, bounce back and forth across the hills and hits that water and creates these strange wakes on the surface of the water like this. But uh, you do see kind of something down there on the water, on the surface. So the husband, yeah, he was all dreary-eyed, got you know nudged. She probably ripped the sheets off, said, get up. Uh, the husband added, he said, quote, we were not here to look for the Loch Ness Monster. We wanted to enjoy the beautiful scenery. There is something weird that went out on the lock. Something, uh, somebody far more intelligent than us on a scientific basis can analyze it. And if it helps contribute to anything, to the understanding of the phenomena, or even if it rekindles a bit of interest and fun in a world that's full of so much misery at the moment, then that can't be, can't not be a good thing, unquote. So I, I don't know. I think he was drinking. But yeah, you're – I mean, yeah, okay. The, the castle, the cottage, it's, it's, it's a nice place to stay. I don't know if I would have stayed there. Maybe for a night or two just to be in that area or whatever. Um, but you're telling me that you're not going to remotely even look for the Loch Ness Monster being in Loch Ness, but it, you're just there to look at the hills? Anyway, um, so they want to sell the video pretty much, but uh got a few pictures here. So I'll show you a picture in if you're in the chat room. This is a great reason to join us in chat. And I, I, I get it. I understand you got stuff to do. You're cooking dinner. Um, you're at work. You're on your way home from work. Maybe. Uh, but uh, joining us in chat live is fun. And I mean, most of these pictures, yeah, you can find by searching these stories. Not all of them. Some of them tonight are ones that uh, I've created. Um, and it's this one here, so if you're in the chat room, you can see kind of a giant picture, but uh, it's the iPhone in the uh, vertical position. And you can see a little bit of disturbance on the water. You can see something dark kind of in the center of that, maybe creating that. So that kind of horseshoe-looking wake started there on the right and it moved its way toward the left and then it kind of circled back toward the shore now when you obviously you zoom in uh, you're not seeing much they're very pixelated when they zoomed in on whatever this object was but uh, i zoomed in on a, a few different scenes but i thought you could see something you can't really see anything so I don't know what they were, what they were viewing, uh, how they could estimate that this thing had a fin or it had a, an oar or whatever they said. Um, I don't get it. I don't see how you could see that detail. And you might wonder, well, um, how far away is that, Dr. Brian? It looks kind of far. Well, I'll tell you here in a second. I uh, don't know how they got this much detail. So the couple... Now, this couple staying in this this uh, cottage, well, they're in their 50s, and they wish to remain anonymous. And, of course, they sold their story to the uh, Daily Mail and uh, nine other websites immediately. And they probably got a little bit of cash for their video footage. But, you know, they're, they weren't there to see the Loch Ness Monster. And they want to remain anonymous. Uh, they state they have uh, no strong views on the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, while they do enjoy stories about the creature, they don't necessarily believe them. 
Uh, they do, however, hope to have their footage analyzed to help answer exactly what they have captured on video. Uh, Gary Campbell, who of course is the keeper of the Loch Ness Monster Sightings Register, who keeps track of all these things, he's the uh, judge and jury when it comes to which ones make the website and which ones don't. And I guess in the case of Ian O'Fanagan, he's the executioner when sightings don't actually fit in. They get axed. Uh, now, uh, Gary Campbell has possession of said video, the two-minute, 37-second video, uh, and will hopefully have it further analyzed, uh, especially by somebody who doesn't have a stake in all of this, somebody who is uh, a little bit impartial to the whole Loch Ness Monster thing. I'm sure we'll hear more about it soon. Uh, Campbell, who is generally a little skeptical of most of these sightings, he's uh, pretty even keeled when it comes to these kind of things, it seems like. Uh, he seems very sold on this one, though, uh, calling it the best footage of the creature since August of 2000 and one of the top three videos ever taken of the purported Loch Ness Monster. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, whatever it is, uh, you do see m movement in the water. Uh, so it's not something stationary in the water. It's something moving. Uh, could be anything. Could be a duck. Might even be a deer. Deer do swim across the lock. Uh, it's the quickest way around. And they're not very smart. Um, I would say ducks... More than likely. Uh, Dr. Darren Nash, who is a zoologist and author of the, uh, the book Hunting Monsters, has a bit of a skeptical take on the video. He is a skeptic. Uh, his book, uh, Hunting Monsters, is uh, quite skeptical, as a lot of scientists are. Uh, he said, quote, We see two tiny black objects filmed at a great distance. They're nothing more than unidentifiable specks on the water, and there's no indication that we're seeing something that's especially large or unusual in shape. Based on how boats look from some approximate location and distance, the objects must be small. I estimate less than 50 centimeters long. I see no reason why they can't be birds, probably ducks. The wakes they have on the surface uh, look interesting, but wakes of this sort are common on the lock surface when conditions are right. Unquote. I can just picture him sitting there with a, uh, um, you know, plaid suit and a little pipe that he's puffing on. I'm right, you're wrong, uh, but I, I don't, I don't disagree. I mean, he's not wrong. He's a little dismissive, but not wrong. Uh, I don't think they realize the height and distance they're from. I think they've misjudged it. I think their uh, perspective is off a little bit. I don't think they've – they probably got in you know, late in the evening, the, the other evening, and they've never been down there. They don't know how far away they are. Um, so their, their observation and their estimation of the size is probably a little off by a lot. Um, and they're probably basing that perspective of what they're seeing based on the land near the castle that they're seeing. And um, I'm also not sure how they saw so much detail. If, if, again, if you're looking at the video, the picture, uh, it's a big bright spot where the wake is, where they see this object. And that's reflection of the sky. So you could see the uh, hillside across the... Uh, the lock there reflecting on the water creating dark areas but then the sky makes a, a really bright area um, so I don't see any reason why this couldn't be ducks or even fish swimming in a group near the surface again the water was smooth as glass which is highly unusual at least from this height it looked smooth as glass now it could have been a little, little rougher no, but it looked pretty smooth at that height, and it usually always does. 
Uh, I always say that, oh, the lake doesn't look too bad. And then I get into the kayak and I'm like, well, I've got some six foot swells here. I'm in for it. Um, well, not six foot, maybe two or three foot, but it's scary nonetheless. Uh, the wind, again, and the long and narrow lake, especially of Loch Ness, sometimes creates wakes that fool people into thinking they see something moving on the surface. This happens a lot. It's documented by a lot of people. Uh, I don't think that's the case in this video, though. I, but I don't think it's as large as they think it is. And it's certainly not a large creature under the water. So the cottage in question is most likely the Strone Castle Cottage, which sits high up on a hill overlooking the castle and the lock. And if you wonder how far away it is from the water's edge, it's actually about a quarter of a mile away. A quarter of a mile away. I could prove it. You don't believe me? That's okay. That's okay. I get it. Uh, but I did go on Google Earth. And well, here's here's uh, here's one picture. So here's a picture of the castle, or I should say the cottage. I'll give you a little bit of perspective. Uh, so there's a picture of the cottage. That's the strewn. So you can tell, you know, it's a little further away. Uh, you can see a boat there in the water. It's a pretty, actually, a pretty big boat. It's a tour boat that's in the water. It gives you a little perspective. And that thing's probably about 20 feet long. Um, but here's a better one. Another picture uh, from Google Earth. And I don't know if you've used it that much, but it does have a little measuring tape on it. So you can actually measure distances. And it did take one from this strong castle or strong cottage and dragged it to the water's edge from over top and you can see it is 0.25 miles one quarter of a mile just to the water's edge and it's actually a little further away than uh, than the water's edge from because from that height you're not seeing the rest of that hill you're not seeing the rest of that water that rest of that land so that it is actually a little further out into the water than just by the edge right there by that the uh, castle so i think i estimated about 1400 feet from where they're standing so i don't know how you're really getting that much detail uh, from that far away <sighs> i don't know it's pretty cool pretty neat but uh it's frustrating because here again, we have very ambiguous information, uh, not a lot of detail, a sighting from a, over a quarter of a mile away, and people are going crazy over it. People are, are saying this is the best footage ever. This is the best footage. No, we're doing something wrong here. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a big, it's a big expanse. It's a large area of water, but. Uh, I don't know. It's it just seems like with technology the way it is, drones and all these other things, I just don't understand how we could uh, not get better imagery or better pictures than than what we're getting. But it is what it is. And uh, the Loch Ness monster again. I you know I've said this before. You could drain the lock. It could be dry for twenty, thirty years. And you can fill it back up. And people will still see the Loch Ness Monster. They're still going to think it's there. They're still going to have these sightings. It's it's beyond an actual physical body. And really, I, I think it's almost by design. People don't – people want to believe in it, but people don't want it to actually exist. I, I think that would ruin it uh, to, to find an answer. And we can tell because of all these stories – that have come out since I've been doing this show. You know, a few years ago, we had the Otago University uh, water study where they, they took DNA from various depths all up and down the lock and uh, discovered that eel are the primary animal in that 
water. They did not find any DNA of any large creatures, large animals, or any unknown DNA. That should be enough. Science says nothing is there, but people don't care. Uh, belief and folklore and uh, uh, culture and, you know, all, all these beliefs are, are more heavily weighed than science. Uh, people believe this stuff. Uh, they're going to always believe it, especially when it creates tourism and tourism equates to money. And these stories here, too, it's it's funny because every story I read about this uh, particular sighting with the videos all said how they're, they'll pay you for a story. And people see that. You see those little S's with those lines in it, and they get all excited. Uh, everybody likes money, even if it's 5 or 10 or $20. I, I don't remember how much they pay for these Loch Ness Monster sighting stories, but... Um, Depends on who you are and how much information you have. You, yeah, people make some good, decent money, especially out of these UFO hoaxes and things like that. That's a segue, by the way, because UFO news is next. And, you know, we talked about controversies and cover-ups. I'll tell you what, something funny happened that I, I don't think I've ever seen happen before. Um, so a few days ago, I got a, uh, well, it was probably about a week ago now. I got an influx of these, uh, UFO stories that they found wreckage of a UFO on Mars. And I kind of rolled my eyes. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. What did, uh, what did they take a picture of this time? Cause I knew the, uh, they were using the ingenuity helicopter up there on Mars. And of course, uh, images came out late April of the uh, Perseverance rover. So they came across the remains of the Perseverance rover. You could see the um, the parachute and a debris field with what's left of the uh, the rover just smashed on the ground. And uh, just remains. And for some reason... I don't know why they thought they were going to get away with it, but a lot of UFO uh, YouTube channels and there was a couple of blogs that were posting these stories. And miraculously, uh, when NASA pushed this story out, started talking about it, a lot of these stories just disappeared off the Internet, which I've never seen that before. Uh, usually people hang tight and they just uh, move on quickly to the next story, but those uh, they just disappeared. Uh, I was kind of uh, kind of a shock by that, but uh, I guess I guess you'll have that if you get caught and you don't have something all lined up. You better move quick. Uh, but meanwhile, back on Earth, lawmakers continue to squabble over their beliefs about UFOs and who knows what about them. On Monday, yesterday, Representative Tim Burchett of Tennessee appeared on New Nations On Balance with Leland Vittert. And uh, Tim believes that um, the Pentagon knows a whole lot more than what they're leading us to believe. And that's something we've heard of probably before, since, uh, since the 40s, I think. Yeah, uh, He says, uh, quote, there's an arrogance in government at that level that we cannot handle what's going on out there. It's a bogus cover-up. It doesn't fit, and it's about power and control. Unquote. Well, sounds about right, but, um, you know, when the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing, and the right hand's not allowed to know what the left hand's doing, uh, I don't think anybody really knows what's going on. I mean, even the pinky finger doesn't know what the thumb is up to on the same hand. It's kind of the analogy of the government there. Um, question in chat. Was MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, ever affiliated with NASA? Don't think so. Uh, I know uh, they were affiliated with uh, Bigelow Aerospace. 
for a while, getting funding from the big Bigelow. Uh, but I don't think ever NASA. NASA really has, up until a few years ago, really didn't want to utter those uh, those little words U, F, and O together in the same sentence. But, um, I mean, it's all... It's all in the same field now, so they're they're kind of coming out with it now because, of course, it's popular in the government. So you don't want to go against that because you don't want your funding to dry up. So you know NASA will say anything if it's going to bring them some funding. Uh, but years ago, when you're talking like 80s and 90s, the uh, space shuttle days, they dare not say anything about UFOs because you know they would their funding would just dry up, and they had a lot going on. Um, You know, I, I don't, I don't think a lot of people could handle there being aliens. You know, if we did know that, but I, I think a lot of people could. I think it would uh, cause a little bit of problems, but it would probably solve a few at the same time. But I don't know about power and control. It's, it's really just people not knowing who to trust with information, and, and I think a lot of stuff just gets lost because there's so many levels of information and disinformation that people don't even know what's going on in the office next door. And yeah, I don't think a lot of people would really care. There's a lot of people that are really, you know, they don't care about UFOs. They, they want to know, they want to know what Kim Kardashian is wearing. They want to know what's going to happen in the next episode. Come on. Don't care about them stupid UFOs. I want to know who's going to win. Uh, the Masked Singer or whatever singing show is on TV nowadays. I don't know. I'm out of touch with all that stuff. But that's what people care about. Reality shows. Because that's uh, keeps them in their fantasy world. Because it's a reality show. I don't know. If you figure it out, let, you let me know. Uh, Burchett also added later on. He said, quote, I don't trust the Department of Defense to get this right. Since leadership there has always been part of a cover-up. It is clear from the public evidence that we don't have full control of our airspace. That's a national security issue, and it's also unacceptable, unquote. Uh, I do like that, that last part. I do think that that's true. Um, regardless of what's going on, if it is UFOs or UAPs, it's all really the same thing. It's just kind of how you spin it, but if it's... Uh, even if it's uh, our technology that is being used against us or people in the private sector, it's kind of what I think is going on. I think people in the private sector had developed their own technology and are spying on the government. Maybe selling uh, secrets of our defense, maybe. Or other countries are spying on us with their technology that we can't figure out how they do things. And if if that's the case, then yeah, that's that's really bad. That's not uh, it's not good. We're not controlling our own airspace. That is a national security issue. I do agree. Either way, even if it's uh, uh, alien technology or it's um, what are people talking about now? It's uh, uh, visitors from the future, you know, on vacation, coming back in time, spying on ourselves. Uh, you know they're taking, they're taking the cattle. So these cattle mutilation cases, they're taking cattle DNA, because in the future, all the cows are dying. So they're using DNA to build more cows. That's what's happening. Well, that's not my, that's not my hypothesis. That's somebody else's. But uh, yeah, it could be time travel. You never know. Well, you will know, if you live long enough. I suppose, unless somebody kills your grandpa, then it gets really complicated. I mean, somebody from the future comes back and kills your grandpa. I don't know how that's going to work out. As long as they don't kill their own grandpa, I guess. I don't know. It works out something like I don't know. Ask, a, ask somebody in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They probably could answer it for you better than I could. Um, so Burchett feels that the uh, general public, well, they've seen enough. And despite having the autonomy to add more resources to investigate 
unidentified aerial phenomena. The Anomaly Surveillance and Resolution Office. Come on, I could have came up with something a lot better than that. That's just so boring. Uh, they created, uh, was created through the National Defense Authorization Act. Thanks, Joe. Uh, he feels the American public needs to see what the government has knowledge of. And then when asked, what should we do? He said, quote, we take the shackles off. We put pressure on the Pentagon, on funding and everything else, and say enough is enough. Bring forth what you've got and let the American public decide. I trust the American public. Release it all, unquote. You're going to see him pounding on the table. Release it all. I trust the American public. I want that on a T-shirt, a giant UFO landing on the White House lawn. I trust the American public. Somebody's already beat me to it, probably. Uh, last month, probably remember we had the report about injuries and other effects suffered through having experiences with UAPs or UFOs, including burns, uh, sicknesses, uh, lost sleep, a busted lip. Well, that was not true. I don't know. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. I didn't, didn't read that, though, but maybe it's probably in there. And even... An unknown pregnancy. How does that happen? I don't know. It's going to be on Springer. Uh, Burchett also stated, quote, it's not a tinfoil hat thing anymore. You've gotten a pilot describing something that has been described for decades since Roswell, New Mexico. It's uh, a little higher level than I believed we're being told. The government is part of a cover-up. They're not going to disclose it to us because they don't trust us with having enough sense to diagnose. It's very frustrating, unquote. Yes, we can't handle the truth. And the government knows everything and doesn't want us to know. That's the, you know, that's the tired old mantra we've heard since the 40s. I personally, I, I just don't think they know anything. No one person knows a lot. Let me put it that way. So a lot of different people know a lot of different things, uh, but they never talk about it in the same room together. So they don't, you know, there's no like five-star general that knows all the information, doesn't want to tell anybody. You know, every person knows a little bit, but collectively no one knows everything. And that's the problem. It's uh, so disjointed. Uh, but they have the data. They have the information. But they don't know what to do with it. And that's the other problem. Uh, but I think we're giving the government way too much credit that they're organized. And they're intelligent. Enough to keep uh, a massive secret from people. Uh, but when you do layer information like that, and only so many people have access to certain types of information, that's the best way to keep secrets. Uh, but when people know too much... And too many people know too much. Uh, that's when the secrets get out by themselves. But uh, I mean, we're seeing leaks anyway. I mean, here you got some dude in Blink-182 that's releasing top-secret videos from the government. How, how, how is that happening? You're telling me that they have these videos that uh, were collected that suddenly just make the news... And no one's getting in trouble. No one's disappearing. No one's uh, waking up in a trunk with a hood over their head. Or out in the desert. Uh, I don't know. It's something just seems really silly about it. I don't think they know half of what we think they know. And I'll leave that right there. But, uh, you know, as far as this burns and sicknesses and all these uh, experiences we talked about last month. Now, a lot of that information actually uh, came from MUFON, which we just mentioned. Uh, MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, they've, uh, they've been around for a while. They're probably, I'm sure there's a couple. I know New Fork has been around for a while, but MUFON is uh, one of the last of a breed. There used to be a lot of these organizations out and about until the early 1980s. 
the uh, Condon report came out and uh, pretty much uh, disintegrated these organizations because they pretty much came out and said, well, these, um, these UFO things, yeah, they're not real. Kind of make-believe and pretty cool. I love these earphones. I can hear truckers with my headphones sometimes talking, but now I can hear the uh, weather report. It's kind of spooky. I'm listening to this guy tell me that uh, some about storms and stuff, but uh, weird, weird, scary stuff. But anyway, could have thought it was a ghost, but I know it's not. Uh, but speaking of MUFON, we've got the April MUFON sighting statistics just came out this afternoon. It's kind of like breaking news, I, I guess. Um, uh, they haven't had a whole lot to brag about this year. And uh, some of the lowest totals we've seen in years. Uh, last month was, uh, I don't know if you'd call it a breath of fresh air, a little relief, I guess, because it seemed like it went up a little bit. Uh, let's start, uh, we'll go backwards. We'll go from January. Well, I guess that's forward. So way back in January of 2022, uh, for the month of January, there was uh, 559 total reports sent into MUFON with 426 here in the United States. Um, the following month, of course, the shortest month of the year, usually the dreariest here in uh, North America, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, they had a total of 399 total sightings, 330 of which came from the United States. So a pretty low total. I believe that was the lowest total uh, in about four or five years of total sightings. So not very good. Uh, big downside for these sighting statistics. We're kind of hoping that maybe they would bump up a little bit. Uh, so last month, March 417 total sightings with only 338 from the U.S. That's, uh, I guess that's pretty close in line with the increase. So not a massive increase, not quite where January was. Uh, so kind of curious. I wasn't sure where it would go. I didn't even bother making a prediction. I haven't made a prediction in quite a while of the MUFON sighting statistics, but uh, last month, it uh, jumped up a little bit more. Uh, not quite the most we've seen this year, but MUFON turned in a total of 504 total sightings for the month of April and 399 in the United States. And if you do a little bit of math, uh, the first three months, Average to 458 total sightings and 365 in the United States. With these latest numbers, that jumps up to 470 total sightings on average the first four months of the year. And the uh, U.S. total average stays at 365. Um, that's pretty low. I'm not gonna lie, that's that's pretty low. Uh, if you go back years and years ago, uh, 2015 had uh, 909 total per month, uh, over double, over double. So not great. Um, but we've had uh, 2019 had 437 per month. We had 488 in 2020, so it comes and goes. Comes and goes, but uh, not super impressive. But you wonder what's going to happen in the future. Uh, is MUFON going to continue? Are they going to, you know, keep keep in business? Are they going to keep the lights on? But uh, yeah, 399 sightings for the United States in the month of April. Uh, France, of all places, France came in second with 28. United Kingdom third with 25. Canada had 16. 
Uh, and it falls off to Australia with six, Mexico with four, Germany had three, Iran had three, Spain, India, South Africa, and Puerto Rico had two sightings to contribute. And those 12 other countries, you know, individual countries, with uh, just one for the total of 504. Uh, of the 399 U.S. sightings, uh, California led the way. Uh, not an overwhelming total with just 38 sightings. Um, we've seen it much, much higher than that. And, of course, California leads the country in, uh, in population in the state. Uh, but 38, not really overwhelming. Uh, Florida was second with 27 sightings. Ohio third with 26. Uh, Michigan had 22. Arizona turned in 19. Texas had 18. Pennsylvania, Washington both had 16 apiece. Colorado had 15. New Jersey had 12. I think it was just pollution that they saw. Uh, Virginia, New York, North Carolina, and Illinois had 11 each. And Tennessee, Arkansas, and Maryland, uh, also Oregon, had nine each. Uh, Nevada had eight. That's pretty impressive. It's a smaller population. State, Indiana, with seven. Uh, New Mexico had six. South Carolina had six. Wisconsin also had six. Uh, Kentucky, Georgia, Oklahoma all had five each. Then you got uh, Missouri, Idaho, Massachusetts with four. And with that, I guess we'll just leave it right there because three's not very good. Uh, District, District of Columbia had one. It's interesting. Alaska, Nebraska, South Dakota, Delaware, Rhode Island had one as well. So not very impressive. Uh, pretty low totals. Uh, some states like Indiana should have had a lot more. Uh, but Idaho, that's pretty good for Idaho to have four. And uh, Colorado with 15, that's got to be pretty high per capita. But uh, still not overly impressive numbers-wise. And uh, again, I've talked about this in the past, that MUFON just basically takes um, whatever report is taken uh, so it could have happened in July of 1976, and as long as you report it within that month of, uh, so if it was last month, uh, or I should say, so let's say you report it today on the 3rd of, of uh, May, even though it happened in whatever, whatever I said, July of 1968, whatever year I said, uh, that'll still register as a sighting for May 3rd of 2022, which Kind of makes sense, but it kind of doesn't. It, it makes sense in a statistical way of gathering reports that are sent into the organization, but it makes it harder as a researcher to really look and see how things are affecting these numbers, such as the uh, um, you know, people seeing skydivers, for example. Uh, this happens every year in Arizona. Uh, there's a couple towns where this happens. And people from neighboring towns see this and they report it as UFOs. And you see the spike yearly the same months. Uh, you see a huge spike in the fall, August, September, October. That's because of football games where this happens. I guess they don't do it at baseball games. I don't know why not. But, uh, you know, parachutists jumping with uh, flares attached to their legs. Seems to be a football thing, I, I guess. I don't know. But uh, we don't see that as much in baseball or definitely not hockey or basketball. But you uh, you do see a lot of football. So a lot of fall stuff. And, you know, of course, other things like rocket launches. We talk about quite a bit here on the show that uh, cause UFO sightings. And uh, you probably lose track of how many times uh, Starlink has been blamed for UFO sightings. So rocket launches are also something that affects these numbers. Um, but we'll continue to keep an eye on that. We'll see. You know, we'll check the pulse of MUFON to make sure they're still alive. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll put it put it that way. 
to make sure that they're still breathing. Um, so I, I guess, well, we'll put this in other news. I doubt this is going to be an announcement of finding life in outer space or alien life on its way to Earth or maybe circling around us right now. Uh, but back on May 12th, Let's see, back on May 12th. On May 12th, coming up. It's like I have June, I think. June 9th. Got my ticket for uh, the new uh, Jurassic. What's not Jurassic Park? What is it? Jurassic World Dominion, whatever it's called. Got my ticket for that. So I'm thinking about June 9th. But on May 12th, coming up, 9 a.m. Eastern. Mark your calendars. Clear your schedule. Get ready to stream. It's going to be a big deal. I'll probably be at work. I'm going to cut time out. I want to, I want to watch this. Probably cut into the bathroom. Get my stall ready. Um, May 12th, 9 a.m. Eastern. The European Southern Observatory will be presenting the world with breaking news. I don't know how breaking it is. You already know about it. You just won't tell us. You got to wait. You got to wait two weeks. It's crazy. Uh, they're going to give us breaking news about the Milky Way. I mean, that's the most general information you could ever get. I mean, that's not even remotely specific. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give you news about the Milky Way. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I think that's the most vague thing I've ever heard in my life. But uh, the results are from the Event Horizon Telescope, which you might remember. You might uh, sound a little bit familiar because back in 2019, uh, probably one of the biggest astronomical stories since the uh, the eclipse a few years before that, uh, this Event Horizon Telescope produced the first ever image of a black hole. It's kind of looked like a donut. Somebody put, took a picture of a donut in the dark. I think that's all they did. Somebody was in the break room. The lights went out and they accidentally took a picture of a donut. And they said, hey, no one's going to know. It's a black hole. Uh, rumors exist that the press conference may be the photographic discovery of the event horizon of the supermassive black hole at the center of our galaxy which is known as Sagittarius A star. Not to be confused with Sagittarius A, which is a completely different thing. Uh, so the Sagittarius A star that we currently know is a bright and compact astronomical radio source at the galactic center of the Milky Way near the constellations Sagittarius and Scorpius. Of course, all that's... Uh, uh, subjective, because that's from our vantage point here on this little ball of rock floating around our sun. The generic name. Uh, rumors will continue to escalate. I, I guarantee you uh, there's going to be rumors of life on other planets, uh, because we did have one of these a few years prior to the 2019 release uh, about exoplanets but that was a completely different telescope so this one here more than likely going to be about a black hole could be about this uh, Sagittarius A star but we'll see and I'm sure as we draw near a little bit more information will be available but now uh, I'm sure as we draw near you'll also hear a lot of rumors and speculation uh, especially from paranormal news sites uh, UFO channels on YouTube and elsewhere they're going to make a lot of outrageous claims as to what the potential groundbreaking discovery might be. But yeah, tune in May 12th, 9 a.m. Eastern. The European Southern Observatory live feed, and they're going to have a, a Q&A session after that. Uh, they ignored me the last time they had to talk about exoplanets. I had a lot of good questions. But they ignored me anyway. Like they pre-screened all the questions. Anyway, um, so exciting! I mean, probably talk about this between now and then. Uh, I'll have a show at least next week. I don't know what I work two weeks from now, but 
We'll have a show next week. Uh, so I also have uh, some weird, weird news. Um, April 30th. So we had uh, uh, we had a partial solar eclipse. Just doesn't sound very exciting. It's, it's not, you know, just part of it. Not a whole lot of it, just a chunk of the sun. Uh, on April 30th, it was a pretty big deal. I don't know why. Not that many people saw it. Not that many people were in the area. And it was only like half the sun got blocked. It's not like a full solar eclipse. I was only seen in the southern hemisphere. And the full effects of it were only seen at the southern tip of South America. And only a small part of Antarctica. And if you'd have to be in the South Pacific Ocean basically see you know any decent results of that so then you know it wasn't that big of a deal for most of the people on planet earth um and despite this this uh random just really not very widespread uh, very narrow area seeing this uh, it's claimed that the partial solar eclipse was possibly responsible for another strange phenomena that took place in England, thousands of miles away, just a few days prior. So what could possibly have happened in England that could have, that could have had something to do with a partial solar eclipse in South America? I, I don't know. Well, believe it or not, it was a crop circle. A very simple crop circle popped up in a rapeseed field in Winchester in the county of Hampshire, which is just north of Southampton in the south central part of England. It's always weird to say south central because you just get like, you know, the L.A. vibe. But yeah, the south central part of England and rapeseed. Uh, it's also known as oil seed. It's a bright yellow flowering plant. Uh, it's um, also known as canola. So it's used to make vegetable oil. I'm sure canola oil as well. It's got that little yellow tinge to it. Uh, a Brazilian website titled "I'm in the Cosmos." Of course, that's translated. Thanks, Google. Hope you didn't stare me wrong again. Um, and this website covers UFO and other strange topics. Uh, they made a variety of odd claims, giving the crop circle a lot of interesting detail. Uh, the circle purportedly appeared on, or actually probably was discovered on Sunday, April 24th. Might have happened before that. Kind of looks like it grown out a little bit, to be quite honest. Uh, but I've never seen one. Uh, formed in rapeseed before, so that I remember. Uh, the site claims that crop circles have a preference for appearing on Sunday. I didn't know they have a preference, but they seem to happen more on Sundays, according to this website, uh, of course, which is known as Dominius, the Lord's Day. Okay. Uh, the crop circle is uh, pretty generic in shape. It's got a hollowed-out circle in the center with four other hollowed-out circles with a line connecting the four outer circles. And what do you mean by hollowed out? So it's it's a flattened area. So it's a circle with a flattened area. That makes sense. Say it again, because maybe it'll make sense the second time I say it. Uh, I do have a picture I'll show in the chat room. This uh, yellow, bright yellow field. It's pretty interesting to see. Uh, but again, a very generic crop circle. I swear I've seen that same one before. 20 or 30 times. Um, however, the website states that the shapes more than likely point out the four planets that have been seen in the sky in the northern hemisphere the same week. Yes, Saturn, Mars, Venus, and Jupiter have made appearances in the pre-dawn skies in the northern hemisphere. That's a, that's a good take. Uh, the site also states that maybe just maybe the four circles represent a simple solar system, or maybe 
maybe. The relationship of the Earth and the Sun. Possibly the four seasons. You know, Earth going around the Sun and four different seasons. Because, you know, all the aliens know about the four seasons. Um, or possibly the Earth there is in the center. And the Moon is going around with four positions. Because, you know, that looks like a full Moon and a new Moon. But that's about it. Um, uh, the website then draws a simple conclusion. There are five circles represented in the crop circle. And in five days from the sighting, from its discovery, there would be that partial solar eclipse. <gasps> oh my gosh. That is so scary. What a, what a coincidence. That's hair-raising. My goodness. How do they figure it out? The aliens have to be very impressed. By the way, I'm, I'm sure they're going to uh, recruit the, uh, the author of that uh, online magazine there and uh, just bring him right, you know, put him in the gold chair and parade him around on the home planet of whatever it's called. I'm not sure if it's got a name. Um, but I won't even mention how they came to the conclusion that between this crop circle and one discovered on April 19th, it points to the apocalypse. Yeah, crop circles. It's, it's it. It's uh, sealing our demise with crop circles. Uh, the crop circle, very basic pattern. Again, it's been seen before. It starts with the tram lines. So if you see those little lines going through the field. That's tram lines. That's where... The machinery travels, and so do people when they want to trespass onto a field and make little circles to fool people so they can make a couple bucks and uh, make you know thousands or hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars worth of uh, damages to uh, farmers' crops. So if your vegetable oil continues to skyrocket in price, you can blame these guys, whoever they were. Um. Uh, but the circles itself, if you look at them, maybe not so much in this picture, but other pictures, they look pretty hastily put together. I would say a newer crew venturing out to make circles, or maybe it's just uh, getting out there for the first time this year. They had an issue with taller or maybe more fragile than normal crops that made straight lines around the uh, center point a little bit difficult. Uh, I'm not really sure how a crop circle in England has anything to do with the partial solar eclipse that uh, was only seen in a small region very, very far away from the crop circle. Uh, if it were aliens that left this, uh, how would they know about this event from their perspective? And why waste time destroying precious crops to make a general remark that could be interpreted in hundreds of ways? Uh, I've, as I've talked in the past about crop circles, uh, Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley created a... a uh, UFO flying saucer nest in 1976. Yeah, that's what they called crop circles back in that time. A UFO flying saucer nest. Uh, their post-pub adventures, yes, they spent time drinking and decided, hey, I got a great idea. Let's grab some planks and some ropes, flatten down some crops, make people think that these are saucer nests. Um. Uh, they did this for years, eventually creating an industry of self-titled experts called seriologists that uh, flocked to the area, wrote books, uh, did videos, and they all claimed that the circles were born from aliens. Now, after coming clean and working with a film crew one night, they had a seriologist come in who claimed that the circle was genuine in the crop circle world. Uh, it's, it's either one or two outcomes. It's either a hoax, so it was man-made, or it's a genuine crop circle, meaning that the creation is unknown, but probably dem aliens. Uh, despite admitting to creating a majority of crop circles for decades until they exposed themselves in 1991, yes, this phenomenon has continued, and people still believe all sorts of stuff surrounding crop circles and that'll do it for me tonight happy national paranormal day once again and tomorrow don't forget may the fourth be with you
on Wednesday. And uh, I will see you next week. But for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.